This is June the 24th, 2020, Wednesday night Bible study class here at the Pine Little Pentecostal Church Church. Senior Director River Mac Perry will begin in just under uh, three and a, two and a half minutes. study tonight. So glad you can join us. Uh, tonight uh, we'll be studying in, uh, continuing to read in John. Uh, tonight we move into chapter 8, the ver- uh, first verse, and then we'll be going through probably around uh, 11 verses. So uh, my uh, thoughts tonight, I've kind of titled our uh, Bible study, True Forgiveness, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But first let's go to the Lord in prayer. We thank him for his many blessings. Uh, also, we have some special requests this week. Uh, Sister Carolyn Edgerton is in the hospital, and uh, she's having some things going on with her heart. Please continue to pray for her. Uh, continue to pray for Sister Pam Lewis, which is going through uh, uh, some things with cancer right now. And let's continue to pray that God will bless her. And uh, Brother Danny Pittman had knee surgery this week, and as he heals and recovers, let's continue to pray for him. I'm sure you got many requests on your mind tonight, so uh, we'll go ahead and get started uh, by praying. Pray with me as we uh, lift these things up to God tonight. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your many blessings, Lord. 
Thank you for loving us, Lord. Thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, dear Father. Lord, we need you today, Lord. We have many things on our heart, many burdens, dear Father, that we're carrying, dear Father. We give them to you, Lord, because we know. We know the answer, dear Father, comes from you. You're the only one with the answer, Lord. We pray for our nation. We pray for our people, dear Father. We pray for your church, uh, our church, Lord, that you have given us to be a part of, dear Father, and fellowship together. Lord, touch everyone, dear Father, that has a special need. Lord, I know each one out there tonight has something on their heart, Lord. Family members that may be sick, Lord. Family members that may have uh, special needs, Lord. But most of all, Lord, we pray, dear Father, that our families and friends will receive you as their personal Savior, dear Father. And thank you again, Lord, for your many blessings. Be with me as I teach this Bible study, Lord. Bless me, dear Father. Be with us in our service Sunday, Lord. Touch our pastor, Lord, as we go forward and uh, continue to meet, dear Father, and follow all rules, dear Father, that we may be safe in your name and in your glory. In everything, dear Father, we want to honor and bless you. In thy name we pray. Amen and amen. So let's read in uh, chapter 8 of John, very first uh, verse. Jesus went unto the Mount of Olives, second verse, and early in the morning he came again to the temple. And what that means is, remember the previous day, I'll mention it uh, as we review, that he was in the temple, they all left. Uh, he went to the Mount of Olives, and now... Again, the next day, he's back into the temple. And the people came, all the people came unto him, and he sat down and he taught them. And the scribes and Pharisees, which are the religious leaders, brought unto him a woman taking in adultery. And when they had <coughs> set her uh, in the midst, they say unto him, Master, which really they're not looking as any high up person. They're looking at uh, the wording there in Hebrew is teacher. When they use the word master, they, the word is teacher. So they're singing him teacher. This woman was taken in adultery in the very act, meaning they actually, I think this is an important point because they actually caught her in the act. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, there's some very important factors that need to be considered there. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, as they were saying, um, but what saith thou this they said tempting him that they might have to accuse him so they were basically just trying to trick Jesus but Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not so when they continued asking he lift up himself and said unto them he that is without sin among you let him first cast a stone at her and again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the eldest, even until the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. Verse 10, when Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where art those thine Accusers, hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Condemn thee. Go and sin no more. So let's review a few minutes uh, 
what we talked about, what I presented to you last week. In last week's message, I, we were, uh, I was presented to you about uh, divided thinking, how Jesus, in the Scriptures, it tells us in verse 43, there was a division amongst the folks that was there because of uh, what Jesus was saying. It was a vision in their, their thinking. And, uh, you know, I mentioned about how not only is there... Uh, um, what the division was is obviously when you divide those that believe which are uh, those that believe in Jesus Christ are no longer sinners they are separated from sin which now the sinners uh, obviously uh, we want to be separated we don't want to think like do they do so we are divided in our thinking and the, even those that don't accept him they are divided amongst themselves uh, as sinners because sin uh, brings on division, and they're very unhappy. And when, when you're very unhappy, it continues to create more division. And But where there's truth, it also creates uh, division, as I mentioned last week. It only it takes accepting Jesus Christ, accepting the truth, is where there is no more division. Hey, God will divide, uh, unite His people as long as we trust Him and believe in Him. Verse 40, last week, many of the people there for I think there was three different categories that I talked about. One uh, said that the truth is this, this is a prophet. So they partially believed. So they only believed a portion of the truth. And I warned us about trying to only believe parts of the Bible last week. And we should be, believe the whole truth. Because in verse 40, verse 41 it tells us that there was others that did accept the whole truth and uh, the, and and they went um, their way and then in verse 42 there was some that rejected entirely as same as today that's basically the division we had today they were only they were taking parts of the Bible and using it for example that Jesus uh, was supposed to come out of uh, uh, Bethlehem. But when you really look at, and they would look at referring to the Old Testament, uh, especially in Micah uh, chapter 5, verse 2, it talks about how it, he would be a descendant of David and this kind of stuff. Well, they were hung up on that and they were letting those things be their excuses for accepting when we know that really the Bible was fulfilled. It was all um, prophet, all the prophecy was fulfilled just as Jesus said it would was. In verse 44, some would have taken him, but no man laid a hand. I just wanted to bring that out again. It was not time yet because uh, we will be getting into when they do arrest Jesus. But right now it's not time because Jesus has got more he wants to say and teach uh, in the temple. Uh, we, um, I briefly mentioned to you last week about uh, Christ's unity for believers. Even though uh, we are all believers in Christ, sometimes our thinking, we are divided because we have different thoughts. We have different uh, things and ways that we do things. We're all different. But when we're united in Christ, God will bring us together together on, uh, to a understanding that we can go forward with. Uh, and only through Him can we come in agreement and be unified. So we have to put our trust and not let self and stuff and other things like that get in the way. We need to only let Jesus lead us and we will be united. And I thank God 
for all the things that he's been doing for his church here at Pine Level and, and uniting us. And as I keep saying, we still got work to do. God loves us, so that's a, that is a fact because he's moving us forward, and that's most important that we move forward. And it's, um, I ended the lesson last week about paying attention to small words. I just thought it was very important that we know in John chapter 7 that... Um, uh, again, confirmation of who Jesus is. It don't say Jesus came uh, by God like John the Baptist was. It says that Jesus was sent from God, which uh, uh, put into my heart that he came from heaven, which uh, obviously we know based on the Bible that he did. Ca again, is confirmation. The words, if you really pay attention to even the small words, it confirms who Jesus Christ really is. And then in verse 46, as we ending uh, the, the lesson last week, no man has ever spoke the way this man does, and it was talking about the temple guards. I really believe in my heart that those temple guards, yes, they were sent there uh, to uh, arrest Jesus, but when they started hearing Jesus speak and they felt the power of God, they were blessed to a point that they forgot why they were even there. And when they went back, and when the uh, Sadducees and Pharisees asked them, you know, why didn't you arrest them? They, 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 all they could say is this man spoke, uh, spoke with great, great wisdom and, and love. And, um, you know, it was obviously from God. He had taught like no other had ever taught before. So, you know, the, even the guards were just uh, impressed and amazed at what, what Jesus had to say um, and forgot why they were there. And also we ended the last few verses about the thirst, the hunger and thirst that Jesus tells us we would have. The more we seek him, the more we uh, get filled with him, the more we want him. So, And that fulfillment comes through his word and through the Holy Spirit. So that's where, where we're at and that's what Jesus was teaching. He's really, uh, again... Uh, passionately and loudly he's teaching and and trying to get everyone to understand how to if they accept him that's the only way that they can enter into heaven so tonight's bible study uh we start with the first verse and uh and um looking at what a little bit the kind of preface what's going on here uh the day before the people were divided now he's back in there, and I, 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 it don't tell us did some of the, the different ones that were divided, know some of the believers and some non-believers did, which ones come. I believe they all came back. I believe they all were still looking and thirsting and hungry for more. So it tells us that more uh, that people came back, and a good crowd came back is the way the Word tells us. So uh, uh, tonight I would like to speak about the the lesson that Jesus teaches uh, those folks at that day, and he also is teaching us about true forgiveness, which only can come from the love of Jesus Christ. When the rulers and the, uh, and the religious, so-called religious leaders, failed in their attempt to have Jesus arrested in the temple, they got another scheme going. They immediately began to plot, figure out a way to trap him. They, they, they were just really wanting, they, they had so much pride and actually had so much anger for him at this point. They were doing despicable things. They were stooping to the new loaves. Excuse me. They were doing whatever they could to bring, uh, uh, make Jesus look bad. So they were doing everything they could. But again, our Jesus in his wisdom and in his love and in his grace 
He was following his, what God wanted him to do, and Jesus used it as an opportunity to teach a valuable lesson. And I think about us as Christians. I think that every opportunity that we can get, we need to do the same thing. We should be teaching about who Jesus is and His love, His grace, and the many things that He's done for us. We need to be sharing our testimony. So it was an occasion for Jesus to look at and reveal who He really was again. You really think about it, humans would not have reacted the way He did that day. He showed not only justice, He showed wisdom, He showed uh, compassion, He showed true love. He, he, he shared a message in my heart of hope. He gave me hope of who He really was. It, it made me even believe even more of what he, what he did in those first 11 verses. You know, Moses' law was very clear. When you go back and read in Leviticus chapter 20, verse 10, it says, If a person commits adultery with another person, both the adulterer and the adulter- uh, um, to adulteress, both the man and woman must be put to be- uh, death. That was the law. So, knowing the law of Moses... The, the uh, religious leaders uh, knew that this lady was just going to be put to death. But so the leaders, but the leaders did something unique also, which makes you think, what in the world was going on? It, may, it, it really makes you understand more what they were really trying to do, is they brought only one of the people, one of the accusers. They did not bring both, which is a good sign to me and when you're reading the Word, that the religious leader's motivation wasn't to uphold the law at all. It was to try to trick Jesus. They didn't care about uh, uh, the law at the time. They were looking at their own selves and their own selfish reason, their own motivation. And for a a moment, let's look at their self-righteousness. And even when you really look at it, they were lawbreakers. They weren't interpreting the law correctly either. They basically drug a woman into the temple, tried to trick Jesus in their interpretation of the law. And they were, you know, when I look at it on a personal standpoint, from a personal standpoint, not only, you know, and, and basically the wording was they drug her in there, is they were embarrassing her, they were humiliating her in front of a crowd. And I'm saying all these words because I think about sometimes how people in this world can get so mad and get so upset about something and try to intentionally embarrass us or try to make us look bad or try to do something. And it obviously tells you they don't have the true love, right? When you think about it, they're not even caring about the person at all. It's all about their own selfish motivations. And these were the leaders. You know, I think about how as leaders, I've been taught all my life as a leader that we set the example. Well, when you really look at these religious leaders, what kind of example were they really setting? It it tells you how mad. Have you ever seen anybody that mad? Think about somebody gets really mad, gets really upset. They say things and they do things that later on, they regret, right? You've probably even been there. I've been there. When I got through, I'm, I'm like, oh no, why did I do that? Well, that's the human part about us. And what I love Je- well, uh, so much about what Jesus did, He didn't go there at all. You know, when we, when we, 
when we think about what Jesus did, He didn't automatically start making assumptions. He didn't start judging the lady. He didn't start making any comments. He didn't quickly start doing anything. He didn't, you know, He had to think about it a minute. We are, and, and when I think about the way He responded and the way He acted was about really caring about the person, really loving the person, thinking about that person. The leader's motive, however, was not that. That's why I think maybe sometimes I've mentioned before that God has told us to do a self-check or look at ourselves sometime. When we're really upset with someone or when we're really mad with someone and we want to go do something, if you know what I mean, what is our motivation? What is our real motivation? Why do we want to do it? What is our real motivation? When you really do a self-check and a self-understanding what your motivation is, is it because you love that person or is it because you're doing the right thing for that person or is it something personal? I think, I, I think you all understand what I'm trying to say there. Jesus was thinking about that person. He was loving that person. He was right up front wanting to forgive. He was caring and merciful. You know what? These... Pharisees and Sadducees, they drug her in with the thoughts that either way he judges, we got him. Whatever his comment is, we got him. Their motivation was to publicly discredit him. But their thinking was, if Jesus decided on the side of the law and to stone her, then they would start accusing him of not showing mercy, not showing care. And then they were thinking that if um, he did not stone her, well, he won't follow the law. Then they could accuse him of not following the law. So they made an assumption that they would that he would automatically find them guilty and they would stone this lady. They would go ahead and stone her that day. But they thought they had him now. They obviously did not know who they were dealing with. It's clearly they did not know he was the Son of God. This woman was now standing or kneeling on the, on the ground before the gathering of the leaders and thought they had it. They thought... Uh, she had no defense that, that uh, she was standing there alone with no one. But little, little did they know that she had the best defense lawyer she could ever have. She had the best that could be provided. Jesus Christ was defending her. And I thought about it. When you got Jesus you don't need nothing else. She had Jesus. Jesus was all she needed. As they were accusing her, as we read in five uh, verses 5 and 6, Jesus looked down, uh, kneeled down, and began to uh, kind of write in the sand the way the Scriptures tell us. Now, we don't know what Jesus was writing in the sand. John does not tell us in the Scriptures what he was writing, and I don't think it was anything important, but there were several very important points that I believe comes out of exactly what he did. Well, first of all, uh, he didn't quickly start accusing, doing nothing. I believe Jesus went down to think about the, uh, uh, his uh, answer and spend a little time 
understanding. The reason being is that he truly loved her. He truly wanted to do the right thing. He truly, um, before, you know, and, and I'm saying this because I think about how quickly we can get upset, get mad, get fired up, and we start saying things without thinking, start accusing people of things without thinking, and we're here a little bit over here, and we go over and start accusing people of something, and we don't have all the facts. I believe God, uh, Jesus was there meditating with His Father, praying to His God in His heart, getting the answer that He needed through the Holy Spirit. I believe that. I believe in all my heart that he's spending time thinking about it. And, and the lesson to me is that I need to kneel down sometimes. I need to get down on my knees before I respond, before I react, before I do something. Even making a decision, we ought to get on on our knees. Jesus uh, clearly is letting me know that sometimes it's good to think about something before you respond. You need to follow your heart. We need to follow what Jesus did and not get angry so quickly and respond so quickly because I can tell you that all of us have been in a situation after the fact we got to thinking, I wished I had not have said that. I wished I had not have responded that way. Jesus was, is a perfect example us to follow. Verse 7 and 8, so when we continued, they, they continued asking him. Uh, they were being persistent. They were looking for an answer and Jesus stood up and he said to them, he that is without sin among you, let him be the first to stand up and cast a stone. Basically Jesus was saying to them, I, this is, I interpreted two things out of this uh, what Jesus said. First of all, you don't have any right to be judging her or others. But, you know, if you think for some reason you do, and you guys obviously think you have a right to do that, you must meet a requirement. We all must meet this requirement before we start judging and before we start uh, jumping to conclusions. That requirement is, are you sinless? Are you sinless? Paul says in Romans 3, 10 and 23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. None righteous, not, no, not one. No, not. God's Word tells us that we're born into sin. That means it takes me completely out of the stone-throwing business. It takes us out of the stone-throwing business because we, uh, you know, we are not sinless. Now, God has forgiven us and we've gone forward, but, uh, you know, we still uh, have to be careful. When you start judging, you know, you're starting to sin. We have to be careful of that. It takes us out of the, throne, uh, the stone throwing business. I believe the Holy Spirit that day uh, convicted of the hearts. The Bible tells us the consciences of the, the folks had them to start leaving. The guilt and the passion took over uh, and set the hearts of these men and women that were there. And if we allow the same thing, the hearts to do that. That's why I think it's very important for us to take a moment. You know, I had a uh, mentor, manager uh, that I work uh, with uh, long time ago, many years ago, uh, um, said something to me that uh, I, I was one of those that um, 
when I was very um, quick sometimes to make a decision. I've always, my brain seems to be going all the time and I've always, you know, I've always got something going on in this little brain of mine and, and I, I'm sometimes quick to give an answer or quick to give a response. And he said to me one time, and I, I, was, t- I was talking to him about a decision I, have to, I had to make, and he said the good thing is two things. One, you're at least thinking about it and talking about it before you respond. He said, but I always recommend always recommend sleep on it and may and that why he meant by that and it stuck with me over the years is take time to go think about it and and you don't there's no decision that has to be uh, made you know in that kind of quick response especially especially when you're dealing with love and and passion for someone so we need to allow time in our hearts and let the holy spirit lead us in guys verse 9 being convicted of their own conscience, they all started to leave one by one until the very last one. Jesus was left alone with that woman. And, uh, 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 when everyone, and I think about um, the response that he said to her um, at that time. And I'll read that in just a moment. But I want to say one of the things that stuck in my heart was how uh, John made it specific to let us know that the people started leaving, the elders left first. Now, we don't know why, uh, I don't think, but in my heart I heard a preacher say one time um, that the reason he believed that the eldest, the oldest ones uh, of the ones that were there left first is because they, they all had more sin in their life. So they quickly were the ones to respond because they were older, they had lived longer, they had more sin in their life, and also they were much wiser to the fact. Because, uh, you know, because what Jesus said, if you don't have any sin in your life, or, you know, let, let's cast the first stone. So they quickly moved. There was a little bit of humor in that, but I'm not sure if that's the reason why, but I do know that that could be a possibility because the older started leaving and understanding quickly. I, I look at it that. They had the wisdom and understanding quickly. So verse 10 and... And 11, <clears throat> Jesus asked, where are your, are your accusers? And she said, no man, Lord. Uh, uh, then he said, I neither condemn them, condemn you, go and sin no more. Now, to Jesus, uh, you know, he didn't say to that lady, you're forgiven of those sins and go back and sin even more. Jesus, um, you know, defended her. He loved her. And she knew that. And and um, every person, you know, is guilty of a sinner. And he let, she saw that in a month when she was leaving. So I believe Jesus touched her heart. He touched her in a powerful way. I believe she accepted who he was. I believe she accepted. And that day, the mercy, love, and truth of Jesus Christ, which was the true forgiveness. True forgiveness is true love. True love is true forgiveness. Any anyone, no one disputed that day. Notice another factor is they all started leaving quietly. Nobody argued, nobody debated that. 
I believe the Holy Spirit touched her conscience and they just left. And that is exactly what happened. You know, uh, something similar happened when he failed to 5,000. When you read in John 6, 5 through 13, the Holy Spirit helped Jesus that day. And that day all were fed. The 5,000 was fed with the fish and, and the bread. They were fed in an orderly manner. And then they collected all that was left. So Jesus was in charge. Jesus was in charge. God was in charge that day. And the presence of the Holy Spirit in that courtroom that day uh, handled everything. And I think about how Jesus tells us we can 